Blau und weiß, deine Leben lang. Hallo, meine Leute. Wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast worldwide. This is episode 89, I believe, of the Schalke America Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Schalke fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. It's Review Derby Week, and as always, joining me on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how are we doing on this Monday evening? Well, I don't have coronavirus yet, so there's that. <laughs> There you go. Take the positives, right? <laughs> oh, Pretty incredible man. news today um, with uh, Serie A supposedly being canceled until early April, or postponed, I should say, um, due to this and potentially similar actions being taken in, in other leagues, including Germany. Yeah, yeah. The the Big River Derby is going to be played, played behind closed doors. Um Which I guess is to our benefit in the, to an extent because you won't hear all those the, the raucous fans there on the yellow wall. But it's going to be a surreal atmosphere. Um, I just watched this weekend uh, Juventus against uh, Italy or uh, Inter Milan, and that's a big derby as well. And that was very odd just to watch no fans there, and you can you can hear the players you know yelling at each other during the game, which is kind of cool. But it's very odd to watch a game with no fans, and uh, this River well, Derby is going to be really strange. Well, you and I are. You know, both viewers of Major League Soccer, so it's actually not that unusual for us to watch games with no <laughs> touché, fans. Touche, touche. <laughs> that is true. And also, my uh, beloved Redskins also have no fans apparently at their games lately. So, yeah, yeah. So I guess it's a normal American thing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is very odd for the for the Bundesliga. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, obviously, the coronavirus is actually again uh, uh, ramped up all over the world, and uh, Italy is probably the hardest hit outside of you know China. Uh, but, you know, we'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, before we get into that, Jack, um, yeah, we had a couple games we got to talk about just real briefly. Uh, first, uh, I guess in the DFB poll, Cal, last Tuesday, uh, we played against the, the dreaded Bayern Munich. Uh, you and I both worried, you know, going into this game that, you know, coming off the last time we played them, it was a 5 0 game and it looked like we had no business being on the park with them. Uh, this one, um, we weren't sure what we were going to expect to see this one, right? But, uh, Looked like uh, Wagner came out with the 5-4-1, uh, trying to kind of stabilize and, and minimize any kind of tax that Byron had. And for the most part, it, it, it held up well in terms of uh, not allowing Byron to get too many opportunities. Yeah, the uh, inevitable loss to Byron, ultimately, as we said. But uh, this was a performance that was significantly improved. And I know there are many Schalke supporters out there who are tired of... of people like me taking taking positives from from losses because we just want to get back to a point where we can actually beat Bayern on a you know somewhat regular basis or at least at all at any time um and so I mean I, I understand that and I sympathize with it but um you know it, we, that Bayern game we, we we really hammered and, and criticized the approach and the intensity um of that performance yeah. and I think this performance was 
exactly the kind of intensity we had been looking for, um, you know, in the Rukrinda encounter. So in that sense, I think it was a positive. And yeah, and then also David Wagner um, uh, unveiling a new uh, system in this one we had been calling and many people, not just us, obviously, um, had been calling for an end to the diamond. Uh, and we finally saw that after a while in the uh, the Cologne match where he switched to a four two three one. But in this Bayern game, and then also at Hoffenheim on the weekend, we we saw um, a five four one, or perhaps like a a three four three, depending on how hard the wingers are up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought there were some good performances in the game for some shock of the, some of the shock of players. Uh, Jean-Claude Todibo uh, continues to impress. Uh, Timo Becker was decent. Uh, Bujalab as well and uh, McKenney. Um you know we did lose and it was we lost to a pretty decent goal uh, by by Joshua Kimmich um, with a nice volley he had that he should have been marked honestly but uh, a good goal nonetheless by him and uh, overall we had some good chances we had we had it wasn't just like it was all Bayern we had our opportunities uh, we didn't we didn't take advantage of them obviously. Um, but for the most part, like you said, it's an improved game. It's not it's not good by any stretch, but it's much better than we had been playing because we've been, we've been playing pretty poor up into that game. Yeah, we didn't have many chances, but I think there's an argument to be made that we had a couple of the better ones uh, in the game, and we ultimately just didn't take advantage of. I mean, I mean to lose to lose to Bayern one nil on you know like a side foot volley from outside the box through traffic to us. What can make it's like, I mean, okay. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? It's it's not like it's not that bad of a loss in that sense. Um, you know, it's not as if we were getting dominated by them and, you know, they, they were creating a, a ton of super clear cut chances. Um, it was kind of a wonder strike that ultimately did us in. But, um, yeah, I would agree with a lot of the people you mentioned uh, in terms of standout performances. Tadebo is really good, dude. Yeah. I mean, he's very impressive. I guess Hoffenheim, he looked really good as well. Exactly. So, I mean, I think I think you're definitely seeing uh, why he is so highly coveted. Um by some Barcelona supporters. I have a friend who's a Barcelona supporter who, when he heard he was going on loan to Schalke, was just like furious because he thinks he should be getting Barcelona minutes now. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not that's you know fair, I'm not sure. But uh, you can definitely see why he's a prized possession. I think Weston McKenney was really good in this match as well. Um, and he had a play early on where he uh, was going on this long run down the right-hand side, side ultimately uh, navigated away from both Alaba and I believe Tolisso potentially, um, and got this, this cross off to Guido Bergstaller who was pretty open in the in the box and I think it was a pretty good ball Bergstaller just couldn't get to it because Bergstaller was going to Bergstaller but um that was a clear-cut chance early on and uh later in the match as well another Weston McKinney um a really good through ball uh to, to spring a counter-attack to Robbie Matondo down the right-hand side um Benito Rama, Rama makes a great run down the middle and uh Robbie Matondo to his credit who I think who I think his decision making is maybe the worst part of his game at the moment yeah. um, in, in terms of when he decides to, to dribble himself into trouble in the box and when he decides to pass versus shoot. Um, to, his, to his credit, got his head up and played a perfect ball to Benito Raman, who just really completely scuffed the finish. Um, and that was a very good opportunity as well. So, I mean, yeah, overall pretty good performance and um, some good individual performances and a couple you know clear-cut chances. Uh, created against them, and we just couldn't get the job done. But that's what seems to happen against Bayern Munich, uh, you know. Pretty much all the time. Yeah, it certainly does. And so we were we're out of the DFP Pokal now, and then uh, I guess we can focus all our attention to the Bundesliga. Uh, and then the game that we had uh, this past weekend was against Hoffenheim. Many wondered if the the fans would act out against uh, uh, 
um, Alexander Jobs and, and, and Schalke's remarks towards the, the whole hop situation. Uh, we didn't see anything too crazy. Uh, we saw some funny banners, I thought, uh, that um, uh, Ronan Murphy had pointed out and stuff like that. But, um, you know, look at the lineup in this one. Um, starting first for the for the visitors, uh, Bauman and Goal uh, in the back. They had a back three. They, they played a 3-5-2 formation, looked like, it, from what I was seeing. Uh, Nordveld, um, Akpoguma, Hubner, and in the midfield you had Grilich, Kajarbek, Skov, Sebastian, Rudy, our old friend, uh, Samasaku, and then up top you had Bebu and Kramerich. And uh, those are guys, couple, the two guys at the top at least, very familiar names, guys who tend to uh, do fairly well against us, it seems like. Yeah, that is certainly true. Uh, Bebu causes us all kinds of problems. And, you know, Kramerich, there's a long history there, uh, obviously. Um, additionally, I thought, I thought Robert Skull was really good in this game. Um, he yeah, seemed to just constantly be popping up into very annoying areas and delivering good service and um, ultimately just being, I think, a pretty constant thorn in our side throughout that match. Um, Hubner as well. Yeah, that, that, that's that's true. Uh, Rudy was was eh. I didn't think he was great. Or anything. <laughs> um, which you know, I guess I guess you like to see. Uh, do you I mean do you disagree? Do you think he played particularly well? Rudy, no, no, no. I I, I think yeah, he was just he was just eh. Uh, he's not doing as well as say like um, uh, our friend Mark Uth, who's uh, having a pretty good season right now with uh, with uh, Cologne right now. So. Um, yeah, I think Rudy was just okay. Uh, the players you mentioned before were, I think, much more effective in this game. Um, Hubner had a goal taken away, and then he kind of assisted on the on the on the goal that Hoffenheim scored. And uh, Bebu and Kramerich and uh, Skov really uh, they seemed to pass for us all game long, especially in that second half. Um, the lineup, I, you know, we we saw what the lineup we we that Wagner brought out in the DFB Pokal, and so I was curious to see what kind of formation we'd have. And um, you know, they listed as a three four three, but I thought it was more of a three. Six one or a three four two one. Um, so you had Schubert in goal. Uh, Timo Becker was nice to see in the back with John Claire Todibo and, and Matina Stasic. I thought those three actually worked very well together. Together, excuse me. Uh, in the midfield, you had John Joe Kenny in the right wing. Uh, in the middle, you had Schoff and McKenny. Uh, McKenny, who was everywhere in this match, and then uh, Ochipka on the left, and then. Uh, just in front of them, you had Robbie Matando and Benito Raman, and then up top, of course, Guido Bergstaller. Uh, overall, this lineup, um, I, I kind of liked it, minus the, the goal scoring. I thought they created a lot of opportunities. Bergstaller looked uh, a pest like he should be. Uh, McKinney was all over the place. I thought Tadebo was really excellent uh, for the most part, and Timo Becker continues to impress for, for Schalke. So we continue to not see uh, any starting opportunities for Amikatuchu. Yeah. Uh, but it has been interesting to see the reintegration of uh, Guido Bergshaw, Robbie Matondo, and Alessandro Schoff into the starting lineup in, in both the Bayern game uh, and in the Hoffenheim game. Uh, you know, it could just be legs, could be the fact that, you know, the offense has really been struggling and, and Wagner is going to try some different combinations. And we also see in this match Benito Raman in sort of a winger role for, you know, the first time really since... Early. Early. Yeah, early in the season when he was, you know, playing maybe like a left mid or left winger in like a four two three one in the opening matches of the season. I haven't really seen much of that recently, but uh, returning to that a little bit, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I think Benito Raman can definitely play that position. Um, and it also allows you to, you know, play a winger opposite that, you know, somebody like Robbie Matondo, who I think that probably is his best position at this point, rather than in like a, you know, a two-man strike partnership or something. Um but yeah, Timo Becker, I thought the last couple of games as well, you know, reasonably um, 
competent. Uh, so it's nice to know that we have that kind of depth there that we can, you know, continue to bring in guys when we need to like Tadebo and Becker and, you know, Miranda early in the season at times and have those guys perform. That's really good. And, uh, you know, Marcus, Marcus Schubert's been, been playing well, I think as well since he came back in. Yeah. And, I, and it was announced now, I think, cause I don't think this, we had a podcast since this, but, uh, David Wagner did announce that he is going to Schubert as a starting goalkeeper for the rest of the season. Um, about time. So I, once again, I don't know why he has to make that declaration either, because now he's painting himself into a corner again, where if for some reason Schubert starts playing poorly, you know, he can't go back on it. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm glad. I think the right decision's ultimately been made. So that's that, that that's a positive for sure. Oh, I agree about that totally. And uh, another person who I, I like seeing back there, who I think could you know make a run for the other guys once they get healthy, is John Claire Tadebo. Um, his passing ability is continues to impress. Uh, he's making runs uh, as we've seen in the past, maybe like a Joel Matip type. Um, uh, I, I am liking the player. He's he's very tenacious. He likes going after the players. There's one player, I think, middle of the first half, where he was just running all over the players, trying to get the ball back. Um, I, I continue to like to see what every game he seems to be improving more and more. And um, I'm I'm just I was just thinking about it in the game. I was like I would love to see him and, and Kabak play together uh, when they're both healthy. A uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Ethan at Tedesco Time, had a tweet where he said, uh, <laughs> "With uh, with Tadebo's two Rabonas as clear evidence, I, I declare Schalke the winner of the DFB Pokal Match against Bayern Munich." <laughs> <laughs> the first one worked, the second one not so much. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you love to see the ball skills from the big man. I mean, if Wagner continues with with a system that involves you know three center backs, back three, in some form or another, um, I mean, it's a pretty mouthwatering prospect to think of. You know, Salif Sane centrally with Tadebo and Kabak flanking him yeah. either side. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty legit right there. Um, I, I think Schalke fans would would look at that and be very happy with the level of talent we have back there. Um, if those guys were healthy, obviously two of them not healthy at the moment, and and you know Tadebo's future obviously as being a loney is um, uncertain. You know, long term. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree with uh, with with that take from you. Well, let's get into the the player that my son was cheering on in the game. Uh, Weston McGinney, I thought, had a, a very good game, uh, especially early on. He was uh, all over the place, being a nuisance uh, for Schalke. And then, uh, lo and behold, around the 20th minute or so, um, after some good exchange of passes between Timo Becker, uh, Todibo, and, and, and John Joe Kenny, eventually Kenny found McKenney, uh, who did a, had a great first touch to receive the ball. Uh, made a turn, basically went around, went through three guys, uh, and got a left footed shot off really quickly. Scored the goal. Um, wasn't the prettiest goal, but hey, it was a goal nonetheless, and it was a long time coming for Wes. Really was. I think it was something you know, five hundred plus days since he last scored, yeah. maybe October 20, 2018. Um, and always a player that we feel maybe should should have scored more than he has. Um, because he does get himself into good positions now and again, his finishing has definitely been suspect since he, you know, has been integrated into the first team. Um, but Weston McKinney's best game? Would you disagree? Uh, that was, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, this season it was by far his best performance. And I think the thing that's interesting about that is is that it comes in a game where you would say uh, a couple of our best players on the ball and the players through whom we try to build possession out of the back the most. Uh, guys like Mascarell, Serdar, Harit were all, were all absent. And so you're really relying on McKenney to be that that sort of fulcrum offensively, um, which is something that typically I don't really like him being in that role because I just don't think his, his touch and his pass accuracy is consistent enough um, to really be effective. But, I mean, especially in the first half, because I think Schalke faded a little bit late, uh, I mean, he ran the show. 
And he was he was phenomenal. He was everywhere. I mean, we were we were running things through him. He was great. Um, and I mean, the goal. I mean, it's a it's a nice trip ball from John Joe Kenny, and then Weston McKenney, Nice to bring it down. You know, spins out of it, jukes a guy, cuts to the center of the box. I mean, just you know, and that's a kind of slasher that he can be at times. Um, it just it usually at some point during that kind of a play, you know, his touch lets him down. Right, he takes a heavy touch and it kind of gets away from him, that sort of thing. But um, he did a really good job to to maintain control throughout that entire sequence and ultimately gets a really hard shot off uh, with his left foot. Uh, very similar angle to uh, where fellow American Josh Sargent scored in the third <laughs> yeah, minute for Brandon. It was similar, also with his left foot. Yeah, um, but uh, I mean, you could see how excited Weston McKinney was. You could see how, ex- how excited the teammates were as well. And I, I think some of that wasn't just the fact that you know Schalke scored a goal. Uh, early, but you know that it was Weston McKinney of all people, um, and he ran over and uh, you know gave David Wagner a hug, who seemed pretty pleased with it as well. Um, I think you could argue that you know McKinney's best play, though. What I mean, besides that, uh, he had that great through ball yeah. to John Joe Kenny, uh, which may have been earlier in the match than than the goal. But I mean, just a perfectly weighted pass that just cuts the defense open and John Joe Kenny looks like he intentionally shoots it at the goalkeeper. And he was like, I mean, oh my god, what'd I do? Yeah, it was a pretty pretty bad finish. Um, you know, the kind of thing that plagued us in the Bayern match as well. Uh, but yeah, Weston McKenney, his best performance of the season, you know, involved in so many things across the pitch and uh, really impressive. And hopefully he can keep that up because that kind of performance is is the potential that a lot of us think he has. Yeah. Um, it just, he doesn't, you know, do it consistently enough to kind of be put on that level. Like I, I, I think his baseline is that he's a solid Bundesliga player, um, but not a whole lot more than that. And when he puts in performances like that, you can see that he can be more than that for sure. And can, you know, potentially make a move to a bigger club or, or be like, you know, a, a star player um, in the league. If he has those kind of performances more consistently. And it's kind of uh symbolic of how Shaka play at times, right? Um, when they have these these moment of glimpses, they look really good and they look like they belong in the top four. And then the remainder of the time, they just look like an average Bundesliga squad, right? Um, and in this game in particular, uh, pretty much all the first half and maybe early part of the second half, they look like the dominant team, um, creating a lot of possession, creating a lot of opportunities, just not scoring goals. And you kept seeing things on the timeline, like on the Twitter timeline, like, oh, Shaka's really putting it to uh, Hoffenheim today. And, and you're watching it, and aesthetically, it looks like Shaka are the, are the dominant team out there, but they're not finishing their scoring opportunities. And lo and behold, in a typical Shaka game, it comes back to bite them. Uh, the second half, I thought um, Hoffenheim had some really good adjustments. Uh, they were starting to come in waves. Hubner had a goal that was taken away because of offside, but I mean, it, it was coming there for a few minutes, and then uh, lo and behold, off the corner kick, uh, Hubner gets the, the head on it first, and it falls right to it was a Baumgartner um, who, who got the goal, ended up getting the goal, and uh, that would that would be the equalizer. That would be all the goals in the game. But um, Schalke certainly faded in that first half and uh, in the second half. I mean, and I don't know if it's part of them fading and also part of uh, Hoffenheim making the necessary adjustments to counteract whatever Schalke was doing early on. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it probably around the thirty-first minute, or I mean, somewhere around there, maybe like whatever, whatever, like before the thirty-fifth minute, probably. I, I remember remarking to myself, like, "Oh, we're in trouble." Even though we were dominating the game at that point, because you could see how wasteful we were being, and you just know that you know it's usually we we can't keep that up for an entire game. So when the iron's hot, we need to strike and capitalize on the chances. And uh, I mean, it, it was a dominant half. It was one of the more dominant halves I think we've had all season, and you know created a lot of shots, a lot of scoring opportunities, and just could not put the ball in the back of the net consistently enough. 
Um, yeah, and, and, it, and it did come back to bite us. And, and you love to see Bergstaller not only being offside offensively, but keeping uh, opponents onside in weird situations. If you watch the goal that they scored, he is he is you know holding that line initially, and then jumps off and runs to the back post, sort of inexplicably, which allows. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, Baumgartler and, and somebody else as well, maybe it was Baby, I forget, um, to be on side when they receive that ball and play it in. Um, otherwise, they would have both been off. So, uh, unfortunate positioning, uh, from him. And yeah, Hoffenheim grabbed the equalizer. And I, I mean, I think, yeah, we, I mean, Hoffenheim definitely played better in, in the second half. So you could argue that it was a, a fair result overall. But I do think Schalke were the, the better team, um, and, and definitely created the better chances. Uh, so it's, it's disappointing to, uh, to not stop the streak of draws and losses. Cause we still have not won a game, um, since the opening game of the Rook render now. And it's been what, like seven games since then. Yeah. So, uh, pretty disappointing. Um, our friends of the show, uh, six, one shock. four kind of pointed out that, uh, Berkey got a little personal record for, uh, no offsides for what? 56, 57 minutes of the game. Uh, that's a first for him. I think, uh, he was certainly, he was certainly a pass. And, uh, this is kind of Berkey. We like to see, uh, pestering the pestering the defense, holding up the ball, uh, giving us his teammates, trying to create opportunities, uh, not scoring goals, obviously, but um, he's doing. He seemed to be doing everything else that the team needed, uh, especially in the first half. And uh, it was a good bounce back game, I thought, for how the how the first half of the season went for him. I, I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't think he's been bad, um, but there were plenty of games in the first half of the season when we were criticizing where he wasn't like bad. Uh, in, in some just aspects, missing point blank yeah, shots. I mean, yeah. I mean, in some aspects of what he's doing, it, it's the whole thing. You know, like obviously he he's being asked to do things on the pitch besides just score goals. But it's you know it's the same old problem, and, and he, he continues to to not score. And uh, I mean, I, I just I'm not convinced that you saw solve Schalke's offensive woes by reintegrating a player who consistently has demonstrated that he can't score goals. Um, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, I I, I think it's fine to give Bergstahl some more looks because certainly what we were doing previously wasn't working, and I'm all in favor of uh, Wagner taking a few games to tinker with some stuff and maybe try to find a new system or try to find a new um, starting eleven that can really change things for us. So from from that perspective, I was I was okay with it. Since you're talking about starting eleven, uh, I like the formation in this one. I did like the three, you know, the three four two one or the three six one, whatever you want to call it. Um, I thought that they created a lot of opportunities, like you said. I mean, the shots I think were fourteen to four in our favor, uh, which is is a rarity. Usually, it's the opposite, right? Usually, we're the ones getting maybe maybe four shots in the whole game. So it was a good it was a good change of pace in that sense. But I thought, despite you know the the formation doing well, I thought, and this is me, maybe you may, maybe you saw something different, but I thought Benito Ramon and, and Matondo were fairly quiet in this game. It didn't seem as obvious as they had been in the past uh, with the other system. Um, Maybe because they were working so well and working so hard on the wings that you didn't notice them as well. But uh, you know, it seemed like Ramon and, and Matanda were—you saw glimpses of them here and there, but really, it wasn't like you. Would, it wasn't like McKenny or, or Bergstaller or Schoff, you know, constantly being being involved with the play. No, I would agree. I think both of them had bigger matches um, against Bayern Munich than than Hoffenheim. They were definitely a little bit less effective uh, in this game. So my big gripe of the game, and you're probably going to agree. Um, it was 1-1, and our first substitution didn't happen until the 76th minute when finally we decided to bring in Amin, uh, Amin Harit. Uh, and then it wasn't until six minutes after that we brought in our second substitution, Ahmed Katuchu. Uh, and then, you know, just a few minutes after that, we saw the, the um, debut of Malik Tiao, who was basically 
Um, uh, Joel Matip 2.0, is everyone saying? Uh, it was nice to see him, but I mean, all those substitutions came way too late for a game that we're, we should be trying to win, not to draw. Uh, I'm sure you were just as pissed off because we've been talking about this all season long, the, the poor substitution timing from Wagner. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism of this one as well. Um, he, he really does seem to be somebody who believes in his game plan, perhaps to a fault in the sense of like he picked this starting 11 in this system and he, he really doesn't like wavering from it because he thinks, you know, it, it can get the job done. Um, we've seen, yeah, you know, in, in close match, and that one we're getting blown out, but like, you know, in close matches, um, he tends to stick with it for, for quite a while. Uh, I don't know. Um, obviously we'd like to see guys like Katucha get on the pitch earlier or good starting opportunities, but uh, yeah, it continues to be a, a sore spot with a lot of fans for sure. Well, uh, with that with that draw, we actually somehow remain in in uh, Europe, Europa League position in sixth position. So we Byron, keep getting away from with it. I don't know how we keep I don't getting know away. How. We've been sixth for like several weeks now. Yeah, Freiburg won, but they're still they were still way behind us. Uh, Hoffenheim are still two points behind us. Wolfsburg is one point behind us. Uh, we are now nine points behind Gladbach. Uh, Bayer are one point ahead of Gladbach. Then you got Leipzig, Dortmund, and and Bayern at the top. So we somehow still hold on to sixth position no matter all this uh, chaos or spiraling down. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, but it is Derby Week, Jack. Um, behind closed doors, nonetheless, but it is Derby Week, and it's we talked about this a few weeks ago. Like the form that we're in and the form that they're in, for the most part, it it's opposites. Uh, they have a, a star, a new star talisman. Uh, we don't. <laughs> Uh, it's it's going to be difficult, but I think having no fans there is going to be up to our benefit just just slightly. Um, the guys need to bring it, though, because it's going to be a difficult, difficult match. Yeah, it certainly figures to be. Um, I, yeah, I would agree. We're very much going in opposite directions. Dortmund picking up a nice win against Gladbach uh, this past weekend to you know secure second place. Uh, but we have seen at the same time uh, yeah. that, that form can go out the window in the derbies, and, and that also that Schalke, even when things seem to be going quite poorly for them, uh, can can put in a good performance. Not always, but um, and we certainly we certainly saw that that in the Rook Rinder last season when Dorman was still had title hopes alive. Schalke, you know, pretty much in free fall, uh, desperately trying to avoid the relegation zone, and they 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 put in you know a pretty dominant performance on the road uh, to to kind of save their season and simultaneously end. Dortmund's title chances. So we, we, I mean, we have seen that we're capable of it, and I, I think we're definitely a much better team this season, uh, despite our recent form, than we were last year for sure. So uh, yeah, it will be unfortunate that you know one of the greatest rivalries in all of Europe um, is, is going to have to be played behind closed doors without that kind of atmosphere being able to be generated. Um, but I guess you and I have to try to make the best atmosphere we can uh, wherever we end up watching these games at a viewing party or whatever. That's probably the, the, you know, the best alternative for us if we can't, you know, enjoy it in the comfort of our home with you know, the great atmosphere coming through the TV. So um, yeah, but it, it, Holland is, is an absolute machine of a striker. And I mean, and that's something that Dortmund have been looking for for a while. And that, that seems to kind of consistently have been one of the missing pieces since um, Aubameyang departed has been really just that clinical guy up top who can, who can, make the most of the opportunities they get. And uh, yeah, Holland's been just absolutely fantastic. And now you see the emergence of American Gio Reyna, um, mm -hmm. which is, which is an interesting development. He's certainly getting involved in, in uh, you know, creating chances and creating goals for people. Um, 
Schalke now at this point, uh, according to I think Stats Bomb, uh, third lowest expected goals in the league. Um, I think Understat has it at like fourth lowest, so pretty consistent there. And uh, if you were going by the expected points table, according to Understat, Schalke would be in eleventh right now, rather than rather than sixth. So um, these things becoming an issue. You know, we've been getting away with a lot for for quite a while, and it's starting to catch up to us. And hopefully, we can right the ship and and uh, not be done in by that against uh, our, our rivals here. And our results in the Rook Run though would would agree with everything that you just said there. Um, and probably because of that, we're probably going to win. <laughs> um, I think, and, and I don't know about you, my, my formula for success is a formation that is somewhat similar to either the Bayern game or this past game against Hoffenheim. Um, either doing like a, a, a 3-6-1 or do a 5-4-1 formation. Defensively, Schalke did something similar in both games where they had they dropped their two wingbacks, which would be you know Kenny and Ochipka. Uh, they drop back to help make it a five-man defensive unit defensively, which is good because you're trying to you're trying to block people up and block chances, and then clog that midfield. So I think they need to do that defensively, uh, and then and just counter with pace. And uh, I don't think having a Gregorich or a Berkshaler up top would be be uh, successful in this kind of game because Bayern have a lot of pace or Bayern, excuse me, Dortmund have a lot of pace, but they can be had in the back. Their 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 one weak spot is the defense. Um, and if you, I think we need some speedsters up there, whether it's Ramon or Katuchu or even Matando. Um, I think they would they would do much better on a counter as opposed to a Burkseller and or a Gregorich. What are you, what are your thoughts on uh, possible ways to beat Dortmund? No, I, I think those are uh, good inputs there. I, I would just honestly uh, tell Burkseller, it's what you do. You follow Holland around the entire pitch and you just harass him the entire game. I don't care oh, where yeah. he goes. You're not even playing striker. You have no position. Your position is to be wherever he is. And you just bump into him and you get a yellow card and you get a red card if you have to and you just take him out. Um, <laughs> I mean, because that's, that's all Burkseller is really good for anyway, right? right. No, I mean, I guarantee you we're going to win this game 2-1 to one with goals from like John Joe Kenny and Burkseller for some right. reason. Yeah. Um, just absolute you know, shithouse football. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I think, I think you're right. I mean, Dortmund's Achilles heel this season has been, uh, the defense. I think they have the worst, uh, goals allowed tally of any team besides Schalke in the top six. Um, not that there's like a massive margin there necessarily, but you you would be right. You would be right. Yeah. They definitely don't have, um, quite the defensive record of like a Bayern Munich or an, an RB Leipzig, um, so, I mean, yeah, you have seen teams and, and teams worse than us take take advantage of that uh, this this season. Uh, hopefully, we can do that as well. And I, I, yeah, I think I think I agree. Maybe you know, Robbie Matondo could could get another look here three weeks in a row, trying to catch him on the counter. Um, that is where we're most effective, rather than you know breaking teams down around the final third. So, we will have to see. I'm looking forward to it. It's always it's always a treat to. Uh, to watch these games because they, they very rarely disappoint. Even when, when they end in, you know, a zero, zero draw or something along those lines, they, they tend to be pretty good games regardless just because of the, uh, the emotion behind it. So, um, great looking forward to it. Yeah. The, the, the one caveat for this whole game is it, it's the, the odd thing will be to watch with no fans. It'll be, it'll be certainly an odd thing. It'll be look like you're watching a practice or something. And that's because this whole coronavirus thing has really gone out, out of hand in the, in, in the world, really, not just, not just in Europe, um, obviously, Italy, in terms of European football, has, has been suffered the most. They're, like you mentioned, they're suspended for the next month, uh, possibly going to cancel the whole season. That's how bad it's gotten there. Um, you've seen other leagues, and including the Bundesliga now, uh, playing behind closed doors. 
uh, th- there's talks of you know the European Championships and or the Olympics possibly being uh, suspended or canceled or something because of this. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be interesting. I I mean, it'll certainly be odd to watch one of the best derbies in the world uh, behind closed doors. Um, but this is this is a great opportunity for Schalke to try to um, use that to their advantage. And you know, obviously the the, the yellow wall won't be there, so um, just focus on their game. Uh, whatever game plan that Wagner tries to instill, just you know, try to focus on that for the entire ninety and take your opportunities for, for for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's the only thing we ask, right? We all well, we ask for the goal scoring play, but other than that, I mean, take your opportunities when you have them. You don't get many, so just take take advantage of what you can do. Um, and, and this is a perfect game to do it. Uh, last year it saved our season, really uh, the best part of our season, just because we we won one and draw drew another. We're gonna think with them. Or did we win both? I forget. I think they won one, right? Jin Sancho. Anyway, um, uh, sorry, we we lost two one in the first game, and then we we yeah we won the second one. Right, right. right. So yeah, yeah, it, it could really at least make the rook run to feel a lot better uh, with a, with a three points against Dortmund there. So um, yeah, it's it's be interesting uh, for sure. There's gonna be watch parties all over the U.S. and in Canada. Uh, I, I know in Toronto they're gonna have another watch party once again uh, with a uh, with the Shaka Supporter Club up there in Canada. So um, good stuff coming out all around. Uh, I will probably be at the Donor Bistro in Virginia in Leesburg, uh, celebrating with the local Royals, uh, Royal Blue fans there. Um, I know there's some in Chicago and then obviously St. Louis and Ohio and all over, all over the U.S., even Los Angeles and San Francisco. So, um, any, any plans for you at attending anything, any of these games? Or matches, I should say. No concrete plans yet. Uh, probably going to avoid going out of town for this one. Because, <laughs> yeah, good call. As we talked about last week, <laughs> the last times I've done that, they've both ended in 5-0 uh, defeats. And then the, previ- the previous time was the 2-1 loss to Dortmund. So we are over 3 when uh, when Jack watches games from somewhere other than Chicagoland. Um, I might I might end up going and watching the game with uh, Royal Blue Tornado, the official uh, Schalke fan club. In uh, Chicago, I am two and zero when I watch games with them, including the uh, the Gladbach performance to kick off the Rookrunda. So perhaps I will do that and try to bring some uh, some positive juju to our performance. I like it. I like it. We take anything we can get, right? Um, and you know, as last year's derby or even early early this season's derby, uh, we kind of hooked up with Shaka to run the Choose Blue campaign, and they're going to be running it again uh, for the derby. So you know. Uh, look out for the tweet from Shaka. They're going to ask you why you choose blue and make sure you interact with them. Uh, we'll be retweeting and, and, and liking those uh, posts by Shaka and, and getting in on the action ourselves. So uh, be on the lookout for the Choose Blue campaign once again. Tell us why you should vote blue instead of the other color, which I forget what, what color they're at. So it's not important. <laughs> uh, uh, anything else you want to talk about, Jack, tonight? I don't think so. Yeah, just excited for the Derby. Uh, strange derby as it is, there'll certainly be one to remember. But um, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, Riviera Derby, one of the best derbies in the world. So I'm I'm getting amped for the game as the week goes on. I'm going to be again even more amped. I know you will be too. And uh, games on Saturday at 10:30 Eastern time, 9:30 Central. Is that right? I'd have to check. I don't know off the top of my head. Well, let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> it is Saturday. I know it's the 14th. That's all I know. Uh, so all right, cool. Uh, well. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, listeners, uh, make sure you sign up for the Shaka US newsletter. Simply go to their website uh, and sign up for the letter via email. You'll get it once a month, and it's a really way, really great way to keep up with Shaka, uh, to see what's going on, the latest happening. So, on that note, I say 
Let's keep tuning in each week. We'll bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, especially their big epic game against uh, Dortmund in the Riviera Derby. Uh, we want to thank Shaka and Fox Soccer for providing us tidbits for our podcast today. Any topics you would like us to discuss, send us a tweet at Shock America. We want to give a shout out to our good friends at NBC4 Nashville. Uh, actually, we've been hearing a lot of them lately. Big tornadoes happened down there. Um, so that was all over my feed because I, I, I follow NBC4 Nashville. So, um, as every single one of our listeners should, they should, Abs- yeah, just thrilling content from that. They should, that account. but seriously, yeah, m- much love to our friends at NBC4 Nashville and everyone down in that area that was affected by the, uh, the nasty weather down there. Yeah, big tornadoes, big tornadoes. So, Jack, uh, where can our followers find you on social media? Uh, JM Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter. You almost forgot. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, as always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Shoos. Stop buying all the toilet paper, folks. <laughs>